The reading is from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to men on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph, and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God, for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Well, let me uh, add my warm welcome uh, to you this morning and wish you a happy Christmas. Let me especially welcome you if you've come from far away. I've spoken to one person from America already, and my guess is there are lots of you visiting family from all over the place. So welcome to Oxford and welcome to St. Andrews this morning. Wherever you've come from, for a few minutes in your imagination and in semi-reality this morning, I want you to travel back with me to Bethlehem and remember what happened there. Watch the screen. Should have got you in the mood. Three things uh, struck me 
uh, as I watched that particular scene. Three, three quotes I just wanted to comment on this morning quickly. The first one was um, Mary saying, his name is Jesus, he is the light of the world. His name is Jesus, he's the light of the world. Now, I spared you the um, particularly graphic birth scene that preceded that scene because I thought there were enough of you here who had been through that experience and enough of you fathers here who, like me, who've seen their children being born. Anybody seen their children being born here? Right, you didn't really need to see that on the film again, did you? Anyway, but um, uh, I've been there for um, the birth of my three children and I was actually present for the birth of my first grandchild, uh, Josh. Mercifully, I was only in the corridor outside, but I was, I was very close by when he was born. And Mary could have meant, because we feel like this when a baby's born, when he said he's the light of the world, she could have thought just what the midwife felt, that of course, of course he's the light of the world, because the first time we see a child, uh, especially I think for the father, mothers I think are probably pretty exhausted at that moment, but uh, for fathers there's an extraordinary moment when you experience love for somebody that you haven't really experienced before. And the amazing thing is that it works the third time as well as the first. And uh, it's a sense in which that person becomes somebody you feel completely different about. So they could be the light of the world in that sense. But the Bible tells us that Jesus is more than that. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the true light that lightens everyone that comes into the world. And the truth is, on Christmas morning, though we have a, a lovely day today and we're looking forward to it and family, the truth is that we live in a very puzzling world, a world in which, although we say Jesus is the light of the world, it appears that there is a great deal of darkness. Uh, why do children get massacred? Uh, Josh, who's now 14, said to me the other day uh, when we were watching the news, he said, I'm not going to America until they've got gun laws like ours. <laughs> Well, he's not going to America anyway, but anyway, in the immediate future. But, uh, but it's interesting, isn't it, that, uh, uh, that in the midst of believing that the light has come into the world, there is so much darkness. And of course, for most of us, Christmas will be a wonderful day, but for some here, it will be sadness. There will have been trauma during the year, loss, separation, bereavement. Uh, for some, today will be a very hard day. It's hard to believe that it is that he is the light of the world. Global darkness, pers personal darkness. And of course, as ministers, as clergymen, we often have the privilege of being ushered into people's darkest moments when they are uh, bereaved or deserted or traumatized or um, diagnosed with terminal illness or whatever it might be. And at such moments, it's easy to believe that darkness has overcome the light. But the truth, of course, is that darkness never overcomes the light open a, a door of a room with light in it, and the next door is darkness, and the light will flood into the darkness. The darkness does not flood into the light. Light always overcomes darkness. So if we hang on to Jesus' words, if we hang on to faith in Jesus, even sometimes when it feels like we're walking through the darkness, then actually, and I know that most of you here agree with this, it's as if the light begins to filter back into our lives, like light filtering through uh, the blinds of a window on a sunny morning. Of course, we can't really remember what a sunny morning looks like at the moment, but, uh, but you know what I mean. As the light begins to come through, so 
it begins to show up what the room is like. And so, as we hang on to faith in Jesus, so it begins to make sense of the world around us. His name is Jesus. He's the light of the world. The second expression that caught me, there's a lot in that little film. It's worth looking at. It was the BBC uh, story of the nativity that's been shown for the last two years. Some of you will have seen it before. The second thing that struck me, though, was the expression, some place for a king to be born. One of the magi said, some place for a king to be born. Now, we live in a, in a lovely place. We live in a, in a beautiful city, whether you've come in from the countryside today through the floods, no doubt. Uh, nevertheless, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. And maybe you're staying uh, with a family for Christmas, uh, and the chances are that you're going home to a warm house, uh, to a Christmas dinner that will be prepared for you, um, as I am, and uh, it'll be great fun. I wonder what, I don't know what the kids think, I wonder what you look forward to most about Christmas dinner. I wonder what the thing you're really looking forward to at the moment. I thought I might actually just test this a little bit, because I thought it might be quite interesting to see how many under 10s are looking forward to a gin and tonic or something like that, you know, so... <laughs> I wonder what, what it is about Christmas dinner that, most, that you most look forward to. Any of the children like to help me? What is it about Christmas dinner that you really look forward to? Anyone like to wave at me? Yes. Turkey. Turkey. Wow. Bad luck on the turkey, isn't it? Yeah, there we go. Right, what are you really looking forward to? Goose. Goose? A goose. Wow. Right, what are you looking forward to? Christmas crackers. Everybody looks forward to Christmas crackers. Anybody else got anything really exciting they're looking forward to? Ah, here we go. The money in the, the, money in the Christmas pudding. Oh, <laughs> the money in the Christmas pudding. Uh, ah, Toby, what are you looking forward to? You're driving all the way to Newcastle, so you've got an awful long wait. Lighting the Christmas pudding. Ah, more Christmas pudding. Lighting, Lighting the Christmas pudding. Lighting the Christmas pudding. Um, I forgot that word. The what? I forgot What was it, Cynthia? He's forgotten. He's forgotten. He's forgotten. I know the feeling. <laughs> do you know what I like best? What do you think I like best? And do you know we've got it for the first time for years today? Sprouts. <laughs> I, it's the only time Sue lets me have sprouts this Christmas. And for the last few years we haven't. Because they wreak this revenge on you later on the day, don't they? But they are... <laughs> They are so good. And anyway, by the time they get there, I'm going to be fast asleep by then anyway, so that's fine. <laughs> now, just, just as you go to your Christmas dinner today and um, uh, are thinking about perhaps family and maybe that first family, what a place for a king to be born. As you, as you, as you uh, eat your meal, can I just challenge you all today to make sure that you just say thank you to God today for the beautiful place that we live in, the fact that we'll have a, a table laden with food. Let's make a point today, before we eat our Christmas meal, of saying thank you to God. Wherever you come from, maybe you don't normally do that, but today, let me just encourage you to say grace before you have your Christmas lunch or your Christmas dinner. What a place for a king to be born. What a, what a suffering world. What a, what a, lonely, uh, a lonely birth. And what a lonely place to be born. And I think it was strikingly brought out in the film. But of course, not just for Jesus, a lonely birth. What we're doing this morning in this communion service is remembering that Jesus was born 
in a lonely place to, la- to die a lonely death. And it's really comforting at Christmas. It's very encouraging at Christmas to be, to be reminded that we're not be- we haven't been abandoned by God. Humankind is not abandoned, because sometimes we can feel that, that the world is somehow spinning mean- meaninglessly. But Christmas reminds us that God has not abandoned us. But more than that, Bethlehem points towards Calvary. Christmas points towards Good Friday and Easter. That's why we have communion at all our services on Christmas Day, because this baby was born to live and show us the way, but he was born to die in our place. And it's absolutely crucial for us that the King began where he did, identifying with us completely in the stable in Bethlehem, which we saw, but he also crucial that the King ends up in the place where he ends up, on a cross, dying in our place for our forgiveness. What a place for a king to be born, and what a place for a king to die. But that's what we remember this morning, that we are lost and unforgiven without this king taking our place on the cross. Thirdly, the third thing that struck my mind very quickly as I looked at the film was this. Uh, The shepherd says, he has come for such as us. He has come for such as us. If you followed that film, it's been on the telly the last two years, I don't think it's on this year, I haven't noticed that it's on, you will recall that the young shepherd's story, the young shepherd who does the, the speaking, the other, the other guys are quite old, but there's that one shepherd, and he's featured prominently in the program. He had a sick wife, and he was being overtaxed by the Romans, and he couldn't afford treatment for her. So in the story of the film, he takes, in his anger, in his frustration, Uh, He takes matters into his own hands, and he beats up a Roman soldier in the street and uh, and robs him. Uh, And in a sense, the young shepherd represents uh, those of us, and probably this is true for almost all of us here, those of us who strive to do the right thing in our own strength, but we feel that the system beats us. We feel somehow that we, however hard we try, the world doesn't seem to get any better. We're not bad people. We want justice and peace and a better world. My guess is that all of us long for that. We're incensed by terrorism. We're frustrated and angered when we hear about school massacres. Uh, We're broken with grief at our own personal dramas, which sometimes overwhelm us completely. We're ordinary people with ordinary struggles, not particularly good and not particularly bad, ordinary people like that young shepherd, and always, always trying to take things into our own hands and make things better, and sometimes being very frustrated by the process. Jesus says He has come for such as us. He's come for us. He's come for ordinary people. The time came, the Bible tells us, she gave birth to a son and she placed him in a manger. As a nation in 2012, we had our year. What a year it's been. The world came to London, and for a few magical weeks, the country was bathed in Olympic light. The torch burned brightly. We've even got here the chap who lit the torch in the Olympic Stadium. Cameron is here with us this morning. Cameron, what a fantastic thrill for you to be be able to have done that. But even your torch, Cam, has gone out. Even even the Olympic light has faded as the year ends. But the light that has come into the world in Jesus will never go out. It will never go out. 
So where do you place Jesus? Back in the manger till next Christmas or at the center of all uh, that there is and all that you do? He's the light of the world that will make sense of everything. He makes sense of our lives. He enables us to make a real difference in the world. He rescues us and enables us to become rescuers, changers of society. One member of our church, actually, who's here this morning, sent me this poem this week, and I want to close just by reading it to you. She wrote this. There's a baby in a manger, a mother standing by, some shepherds and some wise men and a bright star in the sky. We've seen it on the Christmas cards, on decorations hung. We've heard about the story in the carols that we've sung. But is that all it is to us? A story that we hear, something that is read to us on Christmas Day each year? Or could it be that this small child could mean just something more? The child who even kings knelt down, worship and adore. Could it be that maybe, yes, just maybe he might be Emmanuel, a Savior, who came for you and me? So will he still remain the baby lying in the hay? Or will he, as one carol says, be born in us today? Great Christian uh, defender of the faith and Christian hero from Holland, Corrie ten Boom, said this, if Jesus were born 1,000 times in Bethlehem, and not in me, then I would still be lost. If Jesus were born 1,000 times in Bethlehem, and not in me, then I would still be lost. We would love you to uh, take as a Christmas, if you're Christmas present, if you're still considering these things. Often at Christmas, people come to church who, who are still trying to weigh these things up, and we do warmly welcome you, if that's the case, searching, still not utterly persuaded. Do pick up a little book that uh, my great friend, who's the vicar of St. Ebbs, Vaughan Roberts, wrote, Christmas in Three Words. Uh, we've got some copies on the table as you go. Please just help yourself to a copy of that if you'd like to take something home to read and think about in the days ahead. And of course, if you want to come and ask questions and share, we're starting Alpha on the 16th, and you could pick up an invitation for that. Invitation cards are by the table as well. Have a lovely day, and I hope to have a sort of sense as I start my Christmas lunch that everybody is saying thank you to God for our lovely place, the lovely food, and His blessings on our lives. Have a very happy Christmas.